Today's video is gonna help you get better at talking to sellers. Get ready for a live call breakdown coming up. For a limited time, you can get a free copy of Jerry Norton's Quick Start Kit with everything you need to flip your first house in 30 days or less. Download it now at myquickstartkit.com. If you're new here, I'm Jerry Norton. I went from dead broke to millionaire flipping houses. And after doing thousands of deals, I created this channel to help you master the art of wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. Recently, I shared a video where I took a random lead and I showed the entire process from calculating the offer price to calling the seller live to make the offer. Now, if you'd like to see that video, I'll put the link in the description below for you to watch later. But what I didn't do on that video was explain why I said what I said and did what I did. So on this video, I'm gonna do a blow-by-blow -blow breakdown. My goal is to help you get better at talking to sellers. Now, first, let me give the background so that you have the proper context to what's going on. This is a property in Fort Wayne, Indiana that has an after repair value of 100,000 and it needs approximately 15,000 in repairs. That means if a flipper were to put 15,000 into the rehab, they'd be able to resell it for 100,000 to a retail buyer. And after accounting for closing fees and financing costs, he'd make a quick $15,000 profit flipping the house. So not the most lucrative deal, but a lot of flippers are okay with those margins, which means the flipper would pay 55,000 for this deal. And if I wanna wholesale it for let's say $10,000, I would need to get the deal for 45,000 so that I can take it to the flipper for 55,000. Now I went pretty fast through those numbers. If any of that was unclear, I'll put a link to a video in the description below that gives a detailed explanation of how to calculate the wholesale offer price. So I called up the seller, she answered, and we began a conversation, which we'll cut to in a minute. Now, my objective whenever calling sellers is to have a quality conversation and find out if the seller is motivated to sell. In order for a lead to qualify as a motivated seller, three things must align. Number one, there needs to be distress. Either the property is distressed or the seller is distressed, usually financially or ideally both. This is often referred to as finding the motivation or finding the problem. Now I need to effectively pull that out of the conversation. Number two to qualify as a motivated seller is a fast closing. Now a fast closing is typically 30 days or less, meaning the seller wants to get rid of her property and hopefully get some cash in her pocket sooner rather than later. You need to find this out because if she's not in a hurry and doesn't need to get rid of the property in the next 30 days or less, she isn't very motivated, in which case you'll need to put her in a good follow-up sequence until she is ready to close fast. And number three to qualify as a motivated seller is a willingness to sell at a discount. Now she has to be willing to trade equity in the property for speed and convenience and peace of mind. So all three things, distress, fast closing, and sell at a discount must be present in order to qualify as a motivated seller and be able to put a good deal together. With those three things in mind, let's break down the call I had with the seller. So first is to build rapport or break the ice. With this seller, I informed her I was an investor interested in buying her property, and I usually like to start the conversation by asking a very simple question. What can you tell me about the property? Take a listen. Yes, hi. Um, I'm calling about your house for sale on Glenwood. Yes. 
you have a minute? Yes. Okay. I'm actually an investor, so I'm looking at it more as an investment opportunity uh-huh. than a you know homeowner. Um, yeah. What can you tell me about it? It looks like it's vacant. Did you look on Zillow? Yeah, I'm looking at your pictures on Zillow. Right. Okay, what else can I tell you? Well, so she seemed friendly at first, but when I asked her what she could tell me about the property, she basically said, what info do you want to know? Now, that is a guarded response. In a lot of cases, when I ask the question, the seller will delve into a backstory and why the property is a problem and so on, which is really helpful. She didn't do that, which means I have to lead out with pulling more out of her. Now, in this example, I responded by asking her some questions about the features of the property. Take a listen. It says it's a two-bedroom, but it's got some good square footage. Is there... Is there it's a very large master. Okay. It's not a three-bedroom that was, like, converted to a two-bedroom that could go back? I wonder. I wonder. You don't know? True. I am the trustee of the estate oh. that owns the house, okay? Okay. I've only known of it for the last three years. Beyond that, the history, I do not know. I see. Gotcha. Are you the executor then? Yeah. Gotcha. And it's gone through all the, it's all through probate now? Not yet. Oh, how much more longer? It has to be sold first. Oh, and then it takes about 90 days? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it can go faster. Yeah. Okay. So I asked her about it being a two-bedroom and if there was a possibility that it's a three-bedroom since the square footage is not typical for a two-bedroom and she wasn't sure. So I asked her point blank, you don't know? And there was this awkward silence and this is tip number one, don't be afraid of silence. Ask a question and then be quiet. And did you see what happened? She responded by divulging that she is the trustee of the estate. That means this is a probate property. Now, if you're unfamiliar with probate, basically the owners of the property died and the heirs get the proceeds from selling the property. And by asking questions, I found out that this lady I'm talking to, Lucia, is the executor representing the estate. She makes the decisions about selling the property. So upon finding that out, I shifted to asking questions about the timeline. I asked where it's at in the process and how quickly she can sell it. But at this point, I don't really understand or know the motivation. So I ask a really important question. Take a listen. Yeah. What is it that um, you're hoping to accomplish with it? I mean, do you, is there, I mean, you obviously have it for sale by owner without an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, my intent would be to buy it and, and do, you know, redo the floors and update new kitchen. And I'm more of a flipper. And so that would kind of be my my goal with it. Uh, I am a cash buyer, so I can. There's no inspections to worry about or financing approval, FHA or any of that kind of thing. So I could close as quick as you want to. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, you tell me what's what's important. Yeah. What's important for you? What is it that you're hoping to accomplish? Now, this is a really powerful question. I'm basically asking. What is your motivation to sell this property? I pointed out a few of the benefits that I provide, which is, you know, all cash, no financing or inspections to worry about. I can buy it as is. And I asked, what's important to you? And her answer was not what I wanted, but revealing nonetheless. Take a listen. Important to me is to maximize the sale of the property 
for mm-hmm. the heirs who are two young grandchildren. Mm. So the proceeds go to two grandchildren? Yes. I see. Well, that's kind of cool, huh? Well, that's how he set it up. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, that's a great way to get a good start in life, huh? I think so. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing owed on the home, I'm assuming? Yes, there's something owed on the home. Oh, okay. So they've got to get that taken care of and then whatever's left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so her answer was to maximize the sale of the property for the heirs, which are two grandchildren. Now, tip number two is to always restate the seller's answers to make sure you understand. I said, so the proceeds of the sale go to the two grandchildren. And she confirmed that that was the case. That means grandma isn't seeing a dime of the money and she wants to get as much as she can for her two grandchildren. In other words, there's no hurry to close quickly or to sell at a discount. Now at this point, I could wrap it up and end the conversation, but I kept going mostly because the camera was on and I wanted to create a teaching moment. But tip number three is to not stay on the phone with a dead lead. Better to end the call, put the seller in a follow-up sequence and move on to another lead. So let's keep going. Tip number four was I was still trying to get this lady to open up. I could feel this guard was up and this wall was up and I tried to lighten the conversation and say how cool it was for the grandkids and it's a great start in life, but she wasn't really wanting to be friends with me, which happens all the time. So next I'm going to dig in anyway on price. Now in this case, since it's a FISBO for sale by owner, I know her asking price, which is $129,900, which is way too high. In some cases, you don't know what the seller wants and you have to ask. Either way, the question I like to ask is, how did you come up with that price? Take a listen. How did you get to that number you're at on the ask price? I estimate and then I took some off because it needs some cosmetic touching up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends what you do right to it, but for sure. Um, So I do this... Yeah, it's livable. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the yep. new owner is going to want to uh, fix it up. Yeah, yeah, whoever ends up buying it. So when I asked her, how did you come up with that price? She said, Zillow estimate. And that is so common. So many sellers come up with price based on what Zillow says. But what they don't understand is Zillow is just grabbing data from sold homes in the area and that number is not considering that it's only a two-bedroom or that it needs a lot of work, etc. So she's clearly way off on the real value of the property. So the next thing I'm going to attempt is to educate her on value as best I can without offending her. Now, what I want to say is, you're freaking out of your mind. This house won't sell anywhere near that price, but that would create more of a guard than I'm already dealing with. <laughs> so instead, I ask her if she's looked at actual comps in the neighborhood. Take a listen. Have you looked at any of the sold homes recently in the neighborhood? Yes. Okay. Have you seen the one on Lynn Avenue? Uh, I don't remember the specific. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which one? It's a. It looks very similar. It's a. Two, it's like a two story, and it's a two bedroom, but it's a two bath. It's fourteen hundred. Uh-huh. It's fourteen hundred feet, so it's a little bigger. Uh-huh. And they completely remodeled it. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It's It's got, you know, new kitchen, new flooring, uh-huh. new, all new appliances, backsplash. Like, it's new carpet, new paint. It's really nice. Yeah. And, um, and it's only a couple blocks away from mm-hmm. 
your house, and it sold a few months ago for a hundred and two thousand. Uh huh. So you know that's a really strong comp. There are some three bedrooms that definitely pull in a little more. You know, but those are three bedroom, and the market really treats a two bedroom differently than a three bedroom. That's why uh-huh. I was that's why I was kind of asking about the uh, possibility for a third bedroom. Uh huh. Well, I think it's there. Yeah. I don't know that there ever was, but yeah, I think uh, the last tenants used part of that um, large mass as a nursery. Uh-huh. They still have a gate up where that where that was the partition. So you could put a wall right there. Yeah. And then that would add a third bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then would you access that room from the hall still, or how would it? How would well, you? You'd have to. No, it wouldn't be from the hall. You so you'd have to walk through one bedroom to get to. Yeah, it. unless you put up two walls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. When I asked her if she's looked at any of the sold homes in the neighborhood, she responded with yes, which clearly she didn't or she didn't know what she was looking at. So I actually used a real legit comp that was completely renovated that sold for 102000 Now, my goal with showing sellers comps is to use hard data to justify my offer. And I'm, what I'm doing is I'm trying to build a case for my offer that's coming. I haven't made my offer yet. I found that if I can prove value using real data, some sellers who are objective and reasonable will be open-minded to my offer. I also reiterated that a two-bedroom is not the same as a three-bedroom, which I'm certain she is comparing her home to three-bedroom comps. So we talked for a minute about making it a three-bedroom, which, you know, adding two walls or whatever isn't going to work. But overall, she's just not budging much, and it's becoming more and more apparent that she isn't motivated, but I keep going in the name of science. Next, I tell her I'm interested, but I need to be quite a bit lower, and I ask a very revealing question. Are you open to entertain a low offer? Take a listen. Well, so yeah, I mean, I'm interested in the property, but I'd have to be, you know, probably quite a bit lower than where you're asking. Uh Uh-huh. If, I mean, are you guys entertaining all offers, or where are you guys at with... I haven't even had my first open house. That's this evening. Okay. So what kind of response I get. Yeah, that'll give you a good pulse on the on what the market thinks, probably. Right. Um, and why are you not listing with an agent? Just curious. Because of my fiduciary responsibility to the heirs to maximize the return. So not pay commissions. Right. Gotcha. And I have a banker who helps me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if you can do it without an agent and pay all the commissions, that's a smart way to go. Um. You know, an agent will get you maximum exposure because it won't be just on Zillow. It'll be on the MLS. So sometimes uh-huh. that's that's a big thing. But So when I asked her about looking at a low offer, she basically replied with, you know, I need to see what the market thinks about my house. Then I asked her why she's not listing with an agent and she didn't like that question. And she gave me a lame answer about her fiduciary duty to the heirs. And I saw right through it and I said, so not pay commissions, which she agreed was her reason. And now it's time to get off the phone with this unmotivated seller. Listen to how I try to keep the door open for future follow-up. Yeah, I mean, I hope you get every every penny that you can out of the property. I'd love to follow up with you and see if uh, how it goes with your showing. And, 
you know, if, if the heirs are willing to entertain a cash offer, it yeah, would be the heirs are under age. I mean, not the heirs, I guess you, the executor, <laughs> the uh-huh. decision maker, if you're, if you're open to that, then I'd love to talk to you about what it would look like to do a cash offer. But I, again, I go off of values in the neighborhood and, uh-huh. um, you know, it's more of a financial decision than any, anything else. Mm-hmm. And go from there. So could I follow up with you? You said you have your open house today. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to follow up with you tomorrow. See how that goes. See what you're thinking. The market thinks. And, um, I'm not sure that I will know that by tomorrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's not, let's not put the cart before the horse. Sure. Yeah. Or or the other way around. Uh huh. I know what you (laughs) meant. It's going to take me a few, uh, you know, weeks to get the feel. Okay. And what okay. is it, what is it that you're looking for just to see what offers you get and what feedback you get? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. That's what I would do too. See what the market says and then go from there. Yeah. Now notice how I didn't give my all cash offer. The reason is because we're just so far off on price and she's clearly not motivated. There's no need to even make the offer but I do want to set her up to allow me to follow up. Even that she wasn't very open to. She said, it's going to take a few weeks to get a feel for the market. And then notice again, I ask a lot of questions to try to understand what the seller is thinking and doing. I asked her, what is it you're looking for to see what offers you get? And she said, yes, which I agreed with her was a good idea. Now, finally, we get down to the bottom line of her position with looking at a cash offer. Take a listen. If... If you're at that point where you're serious about, you know, a quick close cash offer, it, it obviously it would be at a discount because I'd have to have enough room to go in and fix it up and resell it. Yeah, but, I'm you know. not keen on a cash offer because the man across the street gave me a lowball offer. So mm-hmm. that kind of turns me off. Yeah. What was his offer? 44. Yeah. Well, I mean, in his defense, there are some comps that are in the 50s and... I mean, not 44, but there's some sold homes that are 51, 72, 57 that are, you know, they need more work, obviously, uh, but they're three bedrooms. Yeah, we'll see what the market will be. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to know. Yep. Okay, great. Well, thank you for your interest. Yeah, Lucia, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll circle back with you. Thank you. Bye. All right. So a local investor gave her a cash offer that quote unquote turned her off. And when I asked her what that offer was, she said 44000 which is hilarious because that is my exact buy price. Now, it's been a month since I did that call with Lucia. And check this out. A week later, she dropped the price 10000 Two weeks after that, she dropped the price another 10000 And then about a week and a half after that, she dropped it another 10000 to 99900 So even though she's come down $30,000 in the past month or so, I know she's still not motivated. But what the heck? I gave Lucia a call to see what's up. Take a listen. This is she. Hi, Lucia. This is Jerry Norton. I'm not sure if you remember, we spoke about a month ago or so regarding your property on uh-huh. Glenwood. Uh, do you remember that conversation? I was. Uh, it was when you first listed it back for like $129.9. Anyways, just following up, I'd mentioned on that call that I'd follow up with you. You were going to do, you know, an open house and some things. I've been kind of keeping an eye on it. I see you've done a couple of price reductions. Hello? 
Yeah. Oh. How yes. can I help you? Well, I'm just wondering um, what your plan is right now. You, you're doing some consistent price drops. Are you, is that your plan? Just continue to drop the price until you get an offer or have you had much interest? Remember, I'm, I don't know if you remember, I'm a cash buyer, can close quickly, all of uh -huh. that. So just following back up, see where you're at. That's all. Okay. Any bites on it or what, what's your feedback from the market so far? Uh, no bites. Okay, still looking for an offer then? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm um yeah, still interested in the property, but uh still need to be, you know, a little ways under where, where you're at now. Um when would be a good time to, to follow up with you to see I mean is it every couple of weeks do a price drop or kind of what's your current strategy? Would you like to make an offer? You go ahead and do that, okay? Yeah, I mean, I would do it directly with you. I'm not an agent, so I would do it. I mean, it would be just you and I talking about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I would need to be a, down around where you received an offer from, I think, a, a local investor there around the 45000 price point. Yeah. Uh, with a $60,000 mortgage and two... Mm. Young children as heirs? No, that isn't going to work. I see. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. I mean, there there's a $60,000 mortgage in place right now that's outstanding. Yes. Okay. If you don't receive an offer at that price, would you entertain possibly taking over the loan? A situation where an investor takes over the loan. You... No, it's an it's an estate house. The judge has said that it needs to be sold. Okay. Um, so sixty thousand would just clear the loan and not not create any proceeds for the heirs. Correct. Okay, but are they aware that that I mean could be a pot, that could be the situation? I don't think that I need to go into detail about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I guess I'm just wondering if you're aware that that may be what happens because when I, if you remember when we spoke last time, when I look at retail homes in that neighborhood for a two bedroom, there's a couple of homes that have sold that are all fixed up for a hundred. And that's, that's after doing updates. So new kitchen and bathroom and flooring and paint and all, and so on. So you know, that puts, that puts an investor willing to buy it and put the money into it around where I'm at. Also with that other investor that you got a, you got a verbal for like the 45 price point. So, you know, maybe you can get a retail buyer to come in for 60 or so, but <clears throat> I'm just kind of telling you from a perspective of an investor that does this full time, because I know it's been a month or so and it's still, it's still on the market with no offers. Well, thank you for your interest. Okay. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it and I'll follow back up with you. But, but uh, yeah, thanks for taking a minute with me. All right. All right, bye. Bye. What a waste of time. She was just as reserved and guarded as ever. But I did find out that even at 99000 she hasn't gotten any offers. You think? 
At this point, I was like, what the heck? I'll give her my cash offer. And when I did, I discovered there is a $60,000 loan on the property. Now, I asked her about taking over the loan, which is a creative financing strategy called Subject 2. But she said, that's not an option. And then when I asked her what she was going to do if she couldn't get a buyer for more than $60,000, she didn't really have an answer. And that's where it's at. Now, in all honesty, as an unmotivated seller, what she's doing is pretty smart. It may take another month of strategic price drops, but maybe she can get a retail buyer to come along for seventy or 80000 Now, we're in a low inventory situation, so time will tell. But hey, you win some and you lose some. At this point, it's about getting in the game because when you get in the game, you start winning. The best way to get better on the phones with sellers is to just practice. So I hope you found this video helpful how I broke down that call. If you did, leave a comment and say, Jerry, you are a flipping genius. And to help you get better at talking to sellers, be sure to watch a video where I break down the perfect motivated seller script. On that video, I even give you my word for word scripts for free. Watch that now and if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. With almost 600 videos, this is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesaling and flipping. And I'll see you on the next video.